You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Patrick Show, front row, Paulie Marvin, back row, demotion row, relegation row is Seton and Fritzy. But uh, we're ready to go. A lot to talk about, a lot to recap when we were on vacation. Have all of that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Your opportunity to be part of the program. Whether you want to email, tweet, dial us up, or all the above. We also have operator. uh, That's Tyler standing by. Since Marvin has graduated from answering phones now, it's Tyler doing that. Adding to his responsibilities of taking care of my puppy every morning. And also saying hello to chat row. All right, we got a play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. Since Seton is in relegation row, Seton has now taken on the responsibilities of uh, the uh, poll question. Since Fritzy tried to multitask, wasn't able to do that. Epic failure. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. (laughs) But uh, Seton will have the uh, responsibilities coming up here in a moment. Say good morning to our TV partner. That's Peacock. You can stream it and you can join us. You download that app. And you can watch for free. We could never charge you for this content. Also, we say good morning to our radio affiliates, including those with uh, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the great affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400. Just got this letter that was, uh, well, it's a, it's a story that was broken by Adam Schefter, and it has to do with Kyler Murray. Now, I do find it interesting that we received this at 8.45 a.m. this morning. This feels like, let's time this out so we get a lot of run. All the morning shows and uh, Kyler Murray's agent released this, or at least somebody released this to Adam Schefter. But this is uh, about eight paragraphs, and it has to do with Kyler Murray and his future with the Arizona Cardinals. Well, as I suspected when we first heard about Kyler Murray and he was deleting all of the references on his social media with the Arizona Cardinals, and I went, somebody wants to get paid a year earlier. Uh, maybe looks at Josh Allen goes, well, they took care of him. I've been to two Pro Bowls. You know, we weren't any good. Then I came in here, and now we're a playoff caliber team. I want to get paid. Are they, are they all in on me? Now, this is what it feels like. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase this, but it's basically through his agent, Kyler Murray, is saying, hey, I'm committed to you. Are you committed to me? I want to be going to Super Bowls. I, I'm committed. I want you to commit to me now, this morning. Now, they don't have to do it until next year. So he wants market value. Well, what is market value? Market value now as opposed to next year. And this feels it's a money, it's a money grab. And we thought this from the beginning. But if you're going to say, hey, I want my 50 million a year, a year early. And if I'm the Cardinals, I would say, no, we're committed to you. Look at the team we build around you. This is where you go. The court of public opinion. Kyler Murray's committed to the Cardinals or the Cardinals committed to him? Question mark. Well, they are. Look at what they did. You know, they got DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Chandler Jones, uh, J.J. Watt. Like, they tried. You know, they just got a coach who doesn't win in the second half of seasons, no matter where he's coaching. But they're improving. They're just not to the point where you go, they're a title contender, uh, playoff contender. And Kyler Murray played well this year. Not great, played well this year. 
and I, I this just feels like it's a money grab here, and we want to get paid a year early. Which, okay, I understand it, but the team does. That's why you have contracts. If he didn't play well, what if the team said, uh, you know, we're not going to be committed to you? Uh, you know, it goes both ways here. Baker Mayfield, hey, he wants to get paid now. Lamar Jackson, well, Lamar Jackson's been an MVP. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes had won a Super Bowl, been an MVP. He got paid, and he got paid a year early. Now, if Kyler Murray wants to go, hey, I'll give you a team-friendly deal. How about you commit to them and say, how about a team-friendly deal? They'll commit to you, you commit to them. He's going to want $50 million a year. Yes, he Does this letter land maybe the way it was supposed to? Um, maybe in the court of public opinion, not with people who are smart enough to read between the lines here. Because if you're reading between the lines, essentially you could boil down like the Cliff's Notes version of this is this team was nothing before Kyler got here and now you pay it. Now you owe him. Yeah. You guys were nothing without me. Yes. And now you owe me a bunch of money. Yes. That's essentially what he's saying. But they did build around him. It's not like they said, hey, Kyler, uh, you go out there and try to win games on your own. If DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get injured, then maybe we're talking about a different ending to this season for Arizona. But this just feels like, let's release this, leak this at 8.45 Eastern time. So all the morning shows are going to pick up on this. And here's Kyler. Kyler wants to be here. You know, it's a, it's a slow day. Like, what is the big topic today? Now it is now. You know, baseball, you could talk about the lockout. But, you know, people don't want to hear about labor pains. They want to see the baby. They don't care about this. Kyler Murray, now he's kind of, you know, he put the, the Cardinals on blast, as the kids like to say. Yes, he, he... They refer to Kyler as, quote, rapidly improving. That's, those aren't the words that, like, hey, I'm getting better, so now give me $50 million a year. Because, look, I'm getting better every year. What? Well, you just like you guys, solid and improving. Solid and improving. Yeah, yeah. nobody handed us 50 mil. No, they did that. not. Yeah. Yes, Paul. And you don't even have to read behind the lines. They have taken a lot of shots at the history of the Cardinals. They said uh, he rose them from a three-win team before his arrival. Uh, their first Super Bowl win in 33-plus years. There's a lot of specific stats about where the Cardinals were before he arrived and since they got there. Yeah. It's a money grab. I understand it. But, you know, that doesn't mean the Cardinals have to acquiesce to him. But this is definitely a, hey, let's put this out there. Let's see how the media runs with this. I mean, they may run in a different direction than I am, but this is, Kyler, you performed. You're the number one pick in the draft. We were that committed to you. We took a quarterback with the 10th pick the prior draft. We were that committed to you. We brought in the coach that you wanted to play for. We, we brought in some stars, maybe aging stars, but we brought in stars. We, we were trying to build a team here, trying to win. I understand that. Do I want to pay Kyler Murray $50 million a year? And I'm, I'm throwing this out there. You know, 45, 40, 40, 45. I mean, that's, that's, that's the going rate for a, a quarterback. 45 million, 50 million. No, not a year early. Because then I would say to Kyler, look, we'd like to spend that money and get you better players. And then you can have a career year. And then you're going to be even more valuable. Or if you want to give us a team-friendly deal, how about that? Like, we commit to you, you commit to us. How about you meet us halfway? That's what I would be curious about. Yes, yeah, 
I'm going to guess based on some of this language, that is not uh, on the table. I don't think so. Team friendly. Because he says right here, it's like, uh, yeah, should they choose to prioritize their rapidly improving 24-year-old <laughs> already two-time Pro Bowl quarterback who led the organization from three wins before his arrival to 11 wins and their first playoff appearance, or they can choose to financially prioritize committing to other areas. And he basically says you give him all the money and don't worry about everybody else. Yeah. It like literally says that. And it says Kyler desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. How many guys would you say desperately don't want to win a Super Bowl? Like how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL go, eh, I don't know. You know, how about a playoff appearance? I mean, it'd be nice, yeah. but it's not like, the most important. No, no. Get to a second round, but having $50 million a year, that sounds, I like that better. Yeah, Paul. You know what people are already picking apart is that, like Seton said, he said rapidly improving quarterback. That's not factually true. 20 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 24 touchdowns, basically 11 picks a year. His running stats are about the same. They're very good running stats, but he is not rapidly improving. His his quarterback rating is basically the same for his first three years. Okay. Right. He is also a below 500 quarterback. He's 22, 23, and 1. Now, the past two years have been pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to jump in there. I don't know why there's this need that we always look at, well, the player wants it. you got to give it to him. Sometimes if you're a team and you're trying to be have some uh, economic sanity, then, you know, you just wait to say, look, we'll be committed to you. But I would put it back on the agent and just say, you come up with a team friendly deal and then we'll we'll give that to you a year early. How about that? Get back to us. We are committed to you. You're the one that deleted all references to the Arizona Cardinals. Doesn't sound like a leader to me. And then he felt like he was the scapegoat. That goes along with the territory. That's called being mature and understanding you are the leader, the number one pick. You're expected to be great. And then when things go south, it starts with you. And he's got to understand that. This program brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. Um, what's poll question we're going with there today, Seton? Well, Dan, you've got your choice right now between mm. Paul's poll questions, mm -hmm. my poll questions, or Todd's poll questions. Oh, come on. Is it because we just came back from vacation? Now everybody's all in on Monday, and then Tuesday we won't have a poll question. Probably. <laughs> I'm surprised. Marvin, do you have a poll question today? Efforting. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Marvin. Thank you. Uh, what do you have? Well, here, why don't we start off with one of Paul's uh, most entertaining athlete in all of sports? Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, others. I would throw John Morant in there. Because that dude is just killing it. He's getting there. Yeah. He's getting there. He's, you'd pay to go see him. Yes, I would. But he's not more entertaining than Steph Curry is. He, you know, he's a different version of you got to see this guy play. All right. What else do you have? Let's go for one from uh, the toddler here. Should home fans boo if their team is playing poorly? Absolutely. Let them have it. No. How does that help? Uh, the uh, Lakers, uh, they lost to New Orleans last night. And uh, here is Russell Westbrook Jr. the third asking about the fans last night. Does the booing, like, you know, pretty, pretty loud, especially at the end of the game, does that stick with you? Like, how do you, how do you handle like, nah, that? Like, nah. You don't take that home with you? For, take it home? For what? Man, well, I got a, three beautiful kids at my house. My wife ain't taking it home. 
they, they, they boo and they get take their ass home. <laughs> I ain't worried about that. Doesn't bother me none, man. That's support, and I'm not really worried about it um, at all. And that's how I deal with it. So I'm not, you know, I can it, it roll off my shoulder. I go home. But as for our team, I have to think it's something that you got to deal with and kind of move forward. So, okay, it's kind of a tricky question to answer because if you don't care, then the fans are going to go. Why are you apathetic? Like, why why doesn't this bother you? Should it bother you? Now, that's another thing that if you're Russell Westbrook and maybe you go, you know, it's healthy that it doesn't bother him. I never understood booing your team. They know they're playing bad as if if you boo them, what? What happens? You feel better about yourself? Hey, we let them know. We let LeBron know we were not happy that they lost to New Orleans. I'm guessing LeBron's not pleased that they lost to the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. But when you boo them, I never understood that. Do you guys ever boo your hometown team, Paulie? No, not for one game. Like, if you are a good team traditionally, but this has been a long season for the Lakers, and we, we always say, be patient. Let's see how it is in February. We're, we're, we're getting to March here, and the Lakers have not improved. Like Trevor Ariza's but in the starting lineup. But they're not going to improve. Why? They're not good. They're, they're not good. You got Anthony Davis not there. Russell Westbrook has been a liability. You don't have the role players you want. Should had. you be booing the general manager in the present? Yes. Yes, you want to boo somebody, boo Rob Polinka, the GM. Although I don't know how that works, where you turn and point to the suite and then you boo. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to hurt his feelings. Yes, Tony. I don't boo per se, like make the boo sound, but I have yelled things like at Bronco games and the few times that I've gone out there to go like, it's okay to pass on first down. You don't have to do run, run, incomplete punt every single time. They're going to figure that out. Run two yards, run one yard, incomplete punt. Get a, try to get a first. You can throw on first and second You know down. that they can't hear you. I know, and I'm usually my seats are pretty high anyway. But yeah. throw the ball on first down. If you don't think the quarterback can handle it, then get another quarterback. You can throw. Try to get eight yards on the first down instead of one, and we have a better chance to get a couple more first downs. You imagine? Field. You imagine sitting next to Fritzy at a Broncos run, game. run, incomplete yeah. punt. Yeah, second and eight, third and seven, incomplete punt. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll settle on our poll question. Phone calls are always welcome. It's great to be back. It'll be great to hear from you. Take a break. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Use my Discover card when I was on vacation, and it was accepted in 99% of the places that I went to. In fact, it was accepted everywhere I went to. Yes, Paul. I was going to say, wouldn't it be funny if you were in the one place it wasn't accepted? Are you kidding? This is the 1%. (laughs) Discover, uh, a new message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty. Cash back match. Discover matches all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year automatically. Dollar for dollar, when it comes to rewards, you can't go wrong. Common sense, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitation supply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the DP show. Joel Embiid scored 37. James Harden had a triple-double. The Sixers topped the Knicks. Embiid scored 23 of his points on free throws. That's a career high. Last time a player made more free throws in a game was James Harden, who made 24 in a game December 3rd of 2019. 
Stat of the day, stat of yeah. the day, tap, tap. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? what? Stat of the day. Top. By the way, didn't take long for everybody to be all in on the 76ers. No room, no room on the bandwagon. Two straight wins. You know, I'm watching the game. It's not like they blew out the Knicks. The Knicks were hanging in there with him, but it felt like this, oh, man, Harden and Embiid. You know what? They were made to be playing together. But I will say this with Harden, 16 assists. If, if you say Harden is going to be a guy who's going to distribute the ball and then go along with what he can do offensively, then it's great. I mean, this makes the most sense for the 76ers. I don't think it makes them a greater threat to win the title, but it made sense for them. You got Harden with Embiid. They like each other. It's a great two-man game. Pick and roll. They're going to be unstoppable there. But they did lose Seth Curry, who I think is really good, a valuable weapon for them. It's Does Harden want to play? Does he want to play defense? Is he going to be all in all the time? And if he is, then okay. I'll step aside and let the 76ers uh, roll into uh, the title. But right now, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait longer than two games watching. You, who, you beat the Knicks and the Timberwolves. Frankly, <laughs> let's slow down a little bit. That's all. Just a little bit here. And uh, let me see what happens when Ben Simmons comes back with the Nets. But when we watched Harden with the Nets, we thought, how's this going to work? We're not asking that with the 76ers. But to me, it's the right team for Harden. The GM wanted him. Embiid wanted him. Embiid wanted Ben Simmons out of there. Let me see, because James Harden has been a great disappointment in the playoffs. A, a history of disappointing playoff performances. Yes, Paul. You're being a brake pumper. I saw people this weekend, <laughs> oh, yeah. 76ers in the finals, calling it. Yeah. Big time people. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to be a brake pumper You're here. You're poo-pooing. Yes, I, I love to poo-poo. Yes, Seton. Those puzzle pieces do seem to fit a little better for James Harden, though, in Philadelphia than maybe they did in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if they lose three straight, then what happens here? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that you know they won two in a row. They beat the Knicks and they beat the Timberwolves. Maybe somehow we can blame Russell Westbrook for that, too. Of course. Yeah. We somehow can, it's all his fault. Of course. All right, we'll get to phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Let's settle on a poll question. Uh, did we run through all of the potential poll questions there, Steve? Not even close. Oh, okay, let's all go. The all right, let's go. Uh, well, we have more likely to make the playoffs, Lakers or the Nets. Wow. I'm going to go Nets. We'll go Nets. Yeah, Paul. What a change. A year ago, we would have done most li- more likely to be in the NBA Finals yeah. of those two teams. We yeah. did that poll a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I would say the Nets, when you get Durant back, I'm curious about Ben Simmons. I know Ben talked about that he was going to maybe be back for the 76ers game, and I go, there's no way he's going to be playing against 76ers. Now it looks like you know he's got a sore back, um, so I don't know when he's going to play. But I do think it'll be a different look for them. The question is, is it going to be a good look? And uh, you have Kyrie, who's not going to be able to play in home games. Uh, the mayor of New York City basically uh, held firm with the mask mandate. Doesn't look like he's uh, going to be able to play. Yes, he. There's one to change directions completely. Okay. Uh, how much do you care if Major League Baseball season is cut short? A lot, not at all. You know what? The people who 
are in spring training and they rely on this. I mean, those are the people I'm thinking about today. Those people in Scottsdale, and I've been out there so many years, Florida, where you're able to, you understand what this means to them, their local economies. As far as the season getting started, how about this novel approach? Let's say the fans go, okay, season's going to start six, six games later. How about the fans just go, how about we sit out six games? How about we sit out? We're going to match your six games, okay? We're not going to watch or attend. Just, you know, we have no voice in any of this. But then you just say, you know what? You guys don't care about us. How about we do a collective boycott where we're just going to sit out six games too? How's that? Not going to show up. Not going to watch. Do we get your attention here? Because it's ultimately it's on the fans. And, and the fans are so resilient. You know, we always come back. They expect us to come back. Uh, you know, but I feel bad for the spring training people, the people who rely on this income there. What else do you have, Seaton? We have, uh, does Kyler Murray deserve a big pay increase right now, yes or no? Or the, the sister poll question of that is, would you pay Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray $50 million a year? I would pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million. Because I know what I can get out of Aaron Rodgers. And, and, you know, this was treated as breaking news that Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million. Like, we brought this up. Why not just give him two years, $100 million? If I'm the Packers, I just say, here it is. Do you want to play? Do you want to play in Green Bay the next two years? You're the highest paid quarterback. Here's $50 million a year. Like, I'm not surprised. If you said that he wants $35 million a year. Okay, then it's breaking news. $50 million? That's not breaking news. But it was treated as such with the mothership. But uh, Aaron Rodgers has since denied that and said that I'm not asking for 50. <laughs> asking for 52. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should have said that. Yeah. 50, come on. Yeah, come on. 50 is a little light. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of those guys, though, who's so difficult. He'll ask for 49, 9, 9, 9, 9, uh, yeah. round up. Yeah. That's great. It's a bargain. Save you. Yeah. What else do you have? Yeah, one more here for you. Uh, if I could sign one broadcaster to my network. Ooh. Ooh. Troy yeah. Aikman, Al Michaels. Tony Romo, Joe Buck, others, hmm. neither, neither. So I have a blank check. Well, I can't have Romo because Romo's already signed. But you have Aikman you could get, Al Michaels you can get, Joe Buck I think his deal is up in another year. So that those are real possibilities here. But it looks like, looks like, Troy Aikman is going to go to ESPN. Does Al Michaels go to ESPN? What if Troy says, I'm going to go to ESPN and then I can get you Joe Buck to join me and maybe he could join us this year, not next year. Because you don't bring in Troy Aikman and then you're not going to bring in Al Michaels or Joe Buck. It doesn't make sense. You've got to match it. As much as I love Steve Levy, Steve Levy with Troy Aikman is different than Joe Buck with Troy Aikman. It's like Jim Nance with Tony Romo. You know, the perception of that is we're going to go all in and we're going to give Troy Aikman this kind of money. Now what do you do? Like, I didn't understand why, and I I know it comes down to money, but Troy has enough money. Although, listen to me telling Troy, Troy, you got enough money. I I mean, maybe he doesn't have enough money. But you're going to pick up a couple million more. But you're still going to have lesser game. I mean, your, your games are not going to be as great on ESPN. 
you got one Super Bowl that you'll be broadcasting. I think that's the final year of the deal if he goes there. And you got to get who's the announcer that you're going to work with. Is it Al Michaels? Is it Joe Buck? And I would say, you know, Fox, you just all you have to do is do the games. When you go to the mothership, now you're in the car wash. You know, now Troy is going to be on Get Up and he's going to be on uh, Pardon the Interruption and he's going to be on radio shows. Now it's different. And I told this to uh, Charles Barkley and I told it to Steve Young. If you go to ESPN, you have to understand how ESPN is going to use you. Whereas Fox, I think Troy just does the games. That's it. And then you got Thursday night. What's going to happen there? Is Al Michaels going to do Thursday night? Well, he's not going to get Sean McVay. I like how Sean McVay waited, what, 10 days to tell us that, of course, he's not going to take a broadcasting job. I'm going to guess he probably said to the Rams, I might be taking that broadcasting job because you know what? They're going to pay me twice what you guys are paying me. Oh, okay. You want to go? Okay. I'm not interested in a broadcasting job. At least that's what I was told that Sean was curious about it, but probably used it as leverage to get a new deal with the Rams. Yes. Not to get too inside television. Okay. But if you're ESPN, why are you going to throw a ton of money into the Monday night football booth when you're also splitting your audience with the Manning cast? I know. I know. I agree. You know, that's why I, until I talked to Troy, you know, I'd be curious. Okay, you got whatever, $4 million, $6 million a year more, and that's a lot of money. But you also have the Manning cast forever. How, you know, for, we don't know how long. They just resigned them. And so people are going to be watching that as well. I don't know. Fox was just standalone. You always got great games. Always. And he wanted to be paid, you know, he probably looks at Tony Romo and says, you just got in the business and you're getting $18 million a year. And, and really, it started with Tony Romo. Tony Romo came in on fire and everybody had to have a Tony Romo. Hey, you got to predict the plays. Collinsworth probably went, are you kidding me? I've been doing this for decades. I win the sports Emmy every year. Troy probably looking at that. I do Super Bowls. This guy comes in. He didn't win any Super Bowls. They're going to give him $18 million a year. And then the analyst and now the play-by-play guys. And this is what's happening. It's, it's like the uh, broadcasting portal, transfer portal you know, that we have with uh, you know, college players. That's what you have with broadcasters. You're entering the transfer portal. Al Michaels is going to transfer maybe uh, Thursday Night Football, maybe the mothership, maybe Joe Buck. You know, gets in the transfer portal a year early. Yeah, Paul. If Al, you know, they have fifth-year seniors in the transfer portal. What's Al Michaels, like a 75th-year <laughs> senior? He's still got his fastball. Yeah. Here's the big curveball in this is that Jeff Bezos, the world's richest human, is involved now. And he answers to nobody. There is, you know, like the, I'm sure there's a board of directors for Amazon and stuff like that, but it, it seems like Jeff Bezos can just cut checks. And that's where, you know, maybe Herb Street's using that. Maybe... Troy Aikman's using that, but you have a new player in town that's got unlimited funds. But if that's the case, then you don't let Troy Aikman go to ESPN. I mean, if you you want that Thursday night, you can outspend ESPN. You could buy ESPN. But I I think with Thursday night football, you know, they're they're looking at Sean Payton, and he might be part of the pregame show. Maybe not, you know, the analyst in a game. And I could see Sean more as an analyst in a game because I want to get in. I want I want to be inside a beautiful mind when they're telling you about a game. And Sean is, you know, 
credited with being an offensive genius. There's also talk that maybe Drew Brees would be one of those guys, although his star has fallen a little bit with uh, NBC, certainly when he did a game with Mike Tirico. But I I don't know what the networks – I'm not involved in any of this, but I'm I'm just curious. Pre-game show, what are you going to do on Amazon? And then Thursday night, who are you bringing in? Because if if you're bringing in Troy Aikman – I'm assuming you're bringing in either Joe Buck or Al Michaels. I'm assuming that. Thursday night, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with the actual broadcast. Because if you can get Al, I mean, Al is still, he's great. And, but I want to see, and Al can make the analyst even better, but I want to see who they're going to pair him with. And I know that there's talk of Greg Olson, who has shown signs of being good. And, uh, you know, who was elevated at Fox? You know, Kevin Burkhart is the name that probably will emerge here if uh, Joe Buck leaves. Does Fox let Joe Buck out in a year early to go to the mothership? Does that improve ESPN from people's... Per- like, people have this adverse reaction, it seems like, with Joe Buck. That's a big-time voice, and he's a great broadcaster. But it just feels like... Joe, sometimes, you know, he's a necessary evil to some people. Like, okay. But he's still great at what he does. He just seems to rub people, some people, the wrong way. But the mothership has always struggled with Monday Night Football. And, and, and I did like what it was this year. It was a nice, clean broadcast. And if I didn't want that, I got the Manning. So I got really two combined into one. And this is an inexpensive booth. Now they blew that out of the water. Because now Herb Street's going to go, wait, you're, playing, you're paying Troy Aikman what? Now Herbie's like, uh, hey, maybe Amazon's interested in Kirk Herb Street. Okay, yeah, see. But there's the one thing about Joe Buck, too, though. You're talking about the sort of love him or hate him kind of quality. Mm-hmm. It really just speaks to how big his voice is because after that, the guy, say the people that may take his place at Fox, right? And this, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but they're kind of like, okay, take them or leave them. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, you don't have any type of reaction to them one way or the other, whether it's overly positive or overly negative. It's just sort of like, oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, but if the game is good, I watch. That's all. Like, I'm not going to tune in because Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing a game. I may stay longer. But I am tuning in to see the game itself. How many times have you tuned in for a game and you go, I'm going to stick? Like Dick Vitale might be one of those guys. John Madden was one of those guys. Al Michaels, when he's doing the game, uh, is one of those guys. But, but how many broadcasters do you go, oh, my, oh, he's doing it? I'm going to watch. Yeah, see. I don't know if it's necessarily that you watch for them, but when they're there, it feels like a bigger game. Yes. Yes, they're broadcasters who do games and it doesn't feel like it's as big of a game as it should be. Yes, Todd? Have you ever experienced it the other way where you're like, I've been looking forward to this game, but uh, why does that team doing that game? That's not. Have you? Yeah, I'm not going to name names, but there were times where I'm like, well, wait, you just brought it on. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus like that. But there were were times where I'm like, I thought this game was a little bit bigger of a deal. Maybe it was (laughs) because it was a Bronco game and every game's a big game. But I'm like, those guys, I'm okay. Yeah, Paulie. I guess that's the thing, the bigger thing I don't understand here. Why do you pay uh, Tony Romo or anyone 17 or $18 million if they don't affect ratings? It feels like collectively we don't turn on a game or off a game because of the play-by-play man. We, ex- we ex- like the experience better, but I've, I've never turned a game off or even stayed with one. I'll stay for Al Michaels in a blowout. 
Because he's fun. Yeah. So that's an ex- but that's that's but we, one. But we know Al. Yes. And, and and so we like we love listening to Al tell those stories. Yeah, I don't know if I I remember growing up that I did listen, but I remember listening on radio. It felt like if Vin Scully, if uh, Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, uh, Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall calling the Reds games, that, like I would stay with radio more than I would a TV broadcaster, or I would tune in because it's radio. Yeah, Paul. Do you think this could be, and I'm answering my own question, more about branding than ratings? Like, you're the worldwide leader in sports, you use that phrase, and your worldwide leader in sports has to have the biggest crew. I, I remember when NBC took over Sunday Night Football. They hired you, Oberman, Al Michaels, Bob Costas, and I remember what, what they said is, we want it to be the biggest place in sports. Yeah. And they accomplished, it was mission accomplished. Yeah. It felt like the place to be because you guys were there. So it worked for Sunday Night Football and ended up paying up for them. Number one show in America for what, 20 years? Yeah, and I think that the NFL catered their schedule to help Sunday Night Football because they thought, we have put in the resources. We want you to commit to this as the best broadcast that you're going to have. And they gave Sunday Night Football the best games. And it's because of the commitment that NBC had with their talent. And then you surround it and you do a great job with it. Maybe that's what you know. ESPN's trying to let the NFL know. Hey, we have Troy, and if you get Joe or you get Al, can we have better games? Well, the schedule, that's already out. As far as, you know, what ESPN is getting I, and, you know, the number of Super Bowls you're getting. You, I think they get one Super Bowl here, but, you know, that's the rotation. He would have gotten two Super Bowls, I think, at Fox. So I, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe uh, Troy just thought, you know, I want to be respected here. Who knows? You know, Tony Romo didn't do anything in his career that compares to mine. And he's getting paid this. And I've been doing this. Look. We're all strange in this business, very insecure in this business. You're always looking to see what the other guy's getting. And Troy's probably no different. But this is what agents do. You know, the agent for Kirk Herbstreit could be doing that right now, going, you know, hey, I'm here in uh, Amazon. Really? And then Chris Fowler's going to be going, uh, you know, I'm here in Chris Fowler to Thursday night. Like, who knows? It's, it's just like coaches. You know? Coaches be like, yeah, I'm interested. I'm going to take this job. Les Miles was always up for a job. He's like, hey, I'm here in Arkansas for Les Miles. Les Miles might be up for the Amazon job for all <laughs> I know. All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day up next. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation broke ground on its Do Good Village in Land Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind. It's a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients, so together families can heal. It's a special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care, a community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow and experience life together. The foundation's Do Good Village is going to help those families beyond measure. And it's all thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. With every mortgage-free home the foundation makes good on his promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our community and our country. You can donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T, dot org. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play. The play is called play. Of the day. Check this out. Now it's B down the lane. It B goes in and jams it. What a play. Right down Broadway. It B with a two-hand slam. And the crowd, a lot of Sixers faithful on hand, just buzzing with excitement, hard with the dish, and it B with a two-hand stuff. That's courtesy of 97.5, the Fanatics 76ers Radio Network. James Harden, the assist to Joel Embiid for the dunk. Harden with a triple-double, and Bede had 37. They, of course, are the new Shaq and Kobe after two games. At least you would think that after uh, watching the reaction to this. Play of the Day. Play of the Day brought to you by Vowing to Never Forget. Help America keep that promise. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. T2T.org. Letter T, number two, letter T, dot org. Uh, we'll go around the room uh, eventually. Best and worst of the weekend. Get to phone calls as well. Uh, we were on vacation for uh, the last six days. I went to Mexico. Oh, yeah? Now, initially, I flew into San Diego and went to Oceanside, or O-Side is what they like to call it. And I went to uh, visit our friends who run Link Soul. They make the great clothes that uh, we get an opportunity to wear. And their founder, uh, John Ashworth, went to his golf course called The Goat. And uh, great vibe there. Get an opportunity. Go play that golf course and uh, tell them I sent you. And uh, then went down to uh, Mexico and took a tour of the wineries down there. A wine tour. Huh. Went glamping, as the kids like to say. We stayed in a, uh, a bubble one night at a vineyard. And then we stayed in a uh, glorified tent another night and uh, had a nice, nice time. I thought Mexico was always warm. Because it was <laughs> cold and windy and raining. But uh, the people were wonderful, and uh, the wine was surprisingly good. And uh, well, after a while, it didn't matter. You know, have a couple of drinks, and you're like, yeah, this is great wine. Yeah, Paul. Are you big in Mexico? Are you the sports center guy? Did people come up to you? Uh, I had one guy who thought I was uh, Jim Lampley. Traditional. Classic. Yes. Yeah, classic. They're like... Uh, Hey, anybody ever tell you you look like the boxing guy? And I go, the boxing guy. Jim Lampley? Yes. And I go, no, but I've been told that I look like Jim Lampley, or he looks like me. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, I did get a, uh, a young man who waited on us, and he recognized me from Adam Sandler movies. Did not, he had no idea that I was a sports guy because he said, you know who you sound like? And I go, who? He goes, Dan Patrick. I go, I am. He goes, the movie guy? And I go, yeah. 
Yeah, that's me. Yeah, finally. Like, finally. Damn it. I'm, I'm yeah. Five billion box office, kid. Maybe you heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm being recognized for my art. I'm Your craft. A, I'm, I'm an actor here. <laughs> I go um, coming back from Mexico, going across the border in Tijuana, and uh, I get to, you know, I have to show your passport. So I get up to the booth, and the guy goes, uh, uh, says you're a broadcaster on your uh, passport. And he goes, what do you broadcast? And I said, sports. He goes, I'm not a sports guy. And I, and he goes, are you famous? <laughs> I go, um, Google me. Well, there's a long line of people waiting to get across the border. And this is no exaggeration. Ten minutes. He's reading. He goes, you got a whole page. You got a whole Wikipedia page. He started reading off things that I've done. Now, people are waiting to get over the border. And this guy's like, yeah, you know, I, I should join. So he says to one of the guys, hey, I, I got a sports guy here. He goes, that guy knows sports. He goes, I don't know sports whatsoever. Uh, Dan Patrick. Oh, you heard? Yeah. Do you know that he... So he got my resume. You're doing a meet and greet at the border. Yes. And then it it probably took us 20 minutes longer because then he wanted to talk. And, uh, you know, he said, I haven't had anybody put broadcaster on their passport. I said, well, that's what I am. I I didn't know what else to put on there. Yes, he... When the French kid and I were driving across country, we were in New Mexico, I think, and hit a border stop. Even though we never crossed the border, we hit a border stop. And the guy was there. They were all like fatigues and their faces were covered. It was like really intimidating. And we pull up and roll the window down. I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, you two alone? Yeah. You American? Yeah. Go ahead. That was it. That was the whole thing. You two alone? Yeah. You American? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you, I just thought of this. You'd be great for trafficking. I mean, you just roll up to the border. you got a bunch of duffel bags in the back of your car. Hey, it's Dan Patrick, guys, yeah. and they roll you right through. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Hey, have yeah, fun, Dan. Yeah, have fun yeah. in America. Yeah. You're in Fuego. Hey, I watch you on ESPN every morning. Yeah. 5-11-185. Ding! Ding! Yes! I always wanted to do the highway bell. See you later. <laughs> we also got pulled over by the military. Ooh. And, you know, they're in camo. In the United States or in no Mexico, Mexico, <laughs> Mexico, and I just see this guy. He's got a machine gun and he's flagging us to stop. And I'm going, should I stop? Is and, a big fan of yours? <laughs> no, he had no idea who I was. Oh. He didn't care who I was. I pull over. They're in fatigues. They got machine guns. The whole bit. And I'm like, did we do anything wrong? He didn't say anything. And so we had an open bottle of wine, you know, that we recorked. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And and, like they weren't worried about us having a bottle of wine that we had opened the night before and didn't want it to go to waste. So we're we have it in the car. And then I get out of the car because I I don't know what he wants me to do. He goes, get back in the car. I'm like, okay. And (laughs) so he went around the car and then he wanted to see what's in the bags. And then I'm like, are we good? And he goes, so I don't know what we got pulled over for, what they were looking for. There was no da 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 da. Yes, Todd. Did you panic for a second thinking about what could possibly yes. be in your luggage? Yes. That could get you guys like locked up. And then my wife at at one point during the trip said, "You know, maybe we should uh, get some pot." And I go, "You imagine if they're dog sniffing, you know, drug sniffing dogs there, and we have like a thimble of pot? That's it. That's the vacation." 
One more item as we close out hour one. This past year has brought a lot of change to our lives the past couple of years. And for some of you, that means you've changed jobs. Maybe you're considering retirement. If that's your situation, you probably have a lot of questions on your mind. So how do you handle your retirement accounts? Who does that? Do you have enough money to retire? Is your portfolio invested appropriately? Retirement is a big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes. Certainly the way the market is right now. Stiefel has helped clients like you manage investments for over 130 years. Your Stiefel Financial Advisor can help you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Plus, Stiefel's clients have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you make more informed decisions. Find your Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC, NYS. See